0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Connecticut Show. This is Travis Poppleton. And this is Terrence Abney. I'm trying to be melodious. So melodious. Deep, lovely voice. Thank you for for leading us in. For those of you listening on the radio, that WHUS call... That was Terrence's melodious voice. Indeed, we are here. If this is your first time listening, uh, each week Sunday noon, noon o'clock, we uh, we give a new take on New England. Terrence and I are both transplants, and this week we have something exciting. What what's going on this week, Terrence?
1: Um, not much. I went to work. I was hanging out. You're We me. come in here, and, <laughs> and you know, took the baby to class. Um, See, my my daughter's gonna run track. A lot of things going on. Besides that, just working. I think what
0: you heard is what happened during your week. And what I asked is what is exciting about this episode, this <laughs> oh, week and the episode. You got to so. be specific, baby. Totally my fault.
1: You got to be specific. Totally my fault. Today, you all, we have a gift. We have a resident of Connecticut. Is that the right word? A native of Connecticut, I should say. Mark McDonald. Here to spread some love about Connecticut and his views and a little bit about himself and his background.
0: Mark and, and I'm gonna give you a little bit of a spoiler. we've already we've already spoken to Mark. We have that pre-recorded and we're gonna slip it in. you won't know. It'll be seamless. It'll all sound like it just happened in real time. Um, but what's interesting is I feel like um, first of all, where where is Mark coming from? like as we as we start talking to him, what's his experience with New England? Mark
1: is more or less born and raised. I, he mentions that Mark is um the youngest of seven kids. Um was a navy was a navy navy kid. Um his father retired retired from the navy and was born down born in the New London area. Um I kind of near the casinos as they say and was there. I think there before the casino, there before the casinos. And you know as came to undergrad here at, at UConn, I ended up graduating from Eastern so has some vested interest here now and as he says and now has three babies two dogs and of course a beautiful partner and and a mortgage all here all here in Connecticut we we could have flipped that i could
0: have said it wasn't pre-recorded and we could have been like you know what i think he'll say you know <laughs> we would have sounded so uh so insightful um, before we get to the interview, though, which I think is is so good, it gives me hope for future guests, for sure, um, especially as Terrence and I, if you're new to the show, Terrence and I have had kind of our, our way with every opinion here about Connecticut, about New England. We've gone unchecked, um, and, then, and then our first guest we brought in shared a lot of our similar opinions, uh, and so this, I think, is our first guest to give us a, a very... Grounded, and and also our first our first guest Velda was also a transplant, you're right to New England. So this is our first um, native
1: N- New Englander.
0: Native New Englander. New England is home. Mm-hmm. Um, New England is that place that that Mark is nostalgic for, and I think this is a really great take. So if you've listened to us week after week, and you're like you you've, you've got to get someone on this show to like counterbalance your. Um, your perspective, because one of the things that I like that he's going to say is he's going to point out like when personally when I'm coming into the state, uh, which I think is really interesting. So as you get ready for the for the interview, it gives some really great context. I'm really excited to share that with you. But before we get to it, Terrence, what really happened this week? Come on. It was a little more exciting than that, wasn't it?
1: That was it. Is something else happened this week? Is <laughs> something
0: else happened this week that I missed? No, I just feel like before we, we go into that interview, if there's anything else you want to talk about before we uh, before we introduce Mark, um, this is this is that time. Have you gone anywhere? Did
1: anything especially interesting happen heard, in the state? I heard that the Chris Rock special was not that good, but. I'm neither here to sell it or to not sell it, but check it out for yourself if you have Netflix, and I am not promoting Netflix nor Chris Rock, but I heard that, and that was kind of disappointing because usually he's pretty funny. And what else happened, Travis? We had a good conversation on the way over here.
0: We did. It was largely about uh, Chris Rock and the uh, the Netflix special. So we usually when I get into the car when when terrence gets in the car or if we just meet here but like if we actually have any time before the show one of us is doing something in the car like if i go pick you up i've got music on Uh, in this case you had another podcast and i think that's the first time i've ever heard or have even listened to another podcast another radio show another talk show with you but monty jones but monty jones which we're not recommending because we're not allowed to that's just
1: telling you that's what I'm listening to. That's why I didn't say the name of the show.
0: Yeah, and and also so you know, we are just not allowed to actually tell you to go out and like check out a sale or anything. It's it's part of the rules. Um, so, But you're allowed to state
1: your opinion. Do you like it? Do you, is that a show that you like? I do like the show. Um, I think it's a good show. It has some good insight on sports and just good insight on culture overall. Whether you want to say the culture or culture, it has good insight on both. And has some great guests on there every week. So I enjoy it. One
2: other
0: thing we talked about um, is I went into New York again and I was telling you the story. And and we were talking about. So here's the, here's the high level of it. Both times that I've gone into New York, I use an app for parking and it shows you like the entire city of New York. And you're like, oh, I'm going to be there. So I want to park here. And then you pay a certain price and you go in. In both cases i use the app i pay a price i go and i park and before they give me the car back so i can leave in both cases it have been like oh you owe a few more bucks
1: oh you oh you a- how much is a few when you say a few more bucks because if it's two dollars you just being cheap
0: if it if it was just two dollars i would have just given them the two bucks uh the first one was 28 bucks very specific number The i remember i remember what they're asking for and the other one was 15 bucks and uh Yeah, no, those are those are just those are just ridiculous because it's already really expensive. Absolutely. To park in a city. My point wasn't that they were asking for that money when we were in the car. My point to you, Terrence, was that I feel like that is expected. And I don't know if it's expected in New York and I don't know if it's expected in New England. But in general, coming from the West, I've never felt like that kind of haggling, that kind of expectation to fight over money every single time to try and get an extra 15 bucks out of someone or $28, very specific, um, was anything you did. But here, I feel like if someone can talk you out of an additional $15, I'm hearing that a lot more here. Is this just my experience where I'm tripping over some anomaly over and over again? Or do you feel like that's more of an East Coast thing um, for that to be part of the dance here?
1: I was thinking about that. You did mention it earlier. That might just be part of the hustle everywhere. Maybe it depends on what region you're in of as far as how much or where they do it at, but I think every place has this thing of what is the thing that's the hustle, right? I would say.
0: Maybe, maybe they're not as good at the dance at some of these parking garages, so it's a right. lot more in your face, and I've just been... Swindled all across the country. Not swindle is the wrong word, but like I've I've had that dance all across the country. Someone's trying to get an extra twenty-eight uh, bucks out of me.
1: Swindle might be a fair word, yeah. If you didn't have to pay the money, right? <laughs> it kind of was a swindle. Yeah.
0: Um. Yeah. But maybe there's not as good as so it's a little more abrupt here because the dance there's a few more steps that other people do. Right. Is that is that your takeaway?
1: Could be. All right. I I, guess I like so. that. We have to. I'm gonna have to noodle, or somebody is a word I heard somebody say the other day. I'm gonna have to noodle on that a little bit. All right. Think about it. You noodle. Another another random fact that I found out. Millie Vanilli. Remember Millie Vanilli? I do remember Blame Milli Vanilli. Blame it on the rain. You remember that? I do. Uh, famous group. Uh, Google them or look them up on the internet. If you don't use Google, Bing, whatever you use, look at them. You'll see the controversy. But do you know? Where that album skipped that that started that downward fall for them when they found out they didn't they were not doing their singing on their their own singing on the album.
0: Okay, so the controversy if controversy if you are new to Milli Vanilli uh, was that they were not singing their own music. Yes, there were two people that had a, a look that seemed very commercial. The music studio wanted to use that look, but they couldn't sing or they didn't sing the way that that they'd hoped. I think.
2: I
1: think when they started, they actually wanted to be singers, dancers, actors. Um they were from I think one was from Munich, Germany, the other one was from Paris, France. Um, they met up, started their group, and they actually could sing. Okay. But you're right, the producer and the person who discovered them didn't like what he heard in the studio. So got a demo for them, told them to lip sync it apparently. And then that's when they just blew up. And I think when they started blowing up, the 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 discoverer was like, too late now. Let's get this bread. Oh, I see.
0: So the intention wasn't even to really go all in on the lip syncing. So my my understanding was that you guys have a great look that's going to sell, but you don't have a great sound that's going to sell. So what we're going to do is just have you lip sync to a sound we like. We'll keep your look. The way you're saying it almost sounds like it was accidental.
1: I think it was intentional once he didn't like their sound. Okay. I think he heard them, didn't like the sound, and then was like, but we can make a lot of money off this, off their looks. But the way the story is told, that's what happened as far as the reason – he didn't go with their singing. All right. Fair enough. And so your question to me. Oh, so do you remember there at a concert and the record started skipping and it was like, blame it on the blame it on the blame it on the, and the one of them runs off stage <laughs> and they come back and they finished the, it, but they come back and finish the concert. Did you ever hear that story?
0: No, I, I never so, heard the the expose,
1: like when it happened. So that was like the beginning of the end as okay. far as their, you know, as far as their group, you know, you, on the, they had won the best solo Grammy, and they took the Grammy back and they, you know, gave them the Grammy back. They held a press conference. But the beginning of that downfall was a concert where they were performing. I think they said it was like 80,000 people. I don't know if that number is hyperbole, but they're doing their thing, they're singing, and the song starts skipping while they're on stage and they run off. And then the question was, do you know what that happened there? No, I didn't even I, know it did I guess, happen. I guess he doesn't because he just said he didn't know what happened. I know y'all are like, Terrence, are you taking cues? I'm taking cues, everybody. Get off my case. Get off my back.
2: Get off his back.
1: Lake Compounds.
2: Oh, you don't say. Connecticut. That, I had no idea. One thing is, I didn't know there was a place where you could fit 80,000 people in, <laughs>
0: in this state. That was actually my, well, it wasn't like, I think Mohegan Sun fits quite a few. And like that's the premier place where where the entertainment comes through. Mohegan probably didn't exist when this happened.
1: In ninety, I doubt it.
0: Okay, um, I was just surprised that there was a city where you were getting eighty thousand people at all to show up for a thing, which I which I feel like is why we we rarely have any sports teams to speak of or anything. It's hard to right. It's hard to keep something late
1: compound. So that's where that happens. So Connecticut. You all have a lot going on. High five us! Yeah, nice job. I don't know how that sounded in the studio. Sounded so good. Thank you. Yeah, um, I did not know that. Yes, Mark. With all that information you knew, I bet you didn't know that, did you, Mark McDonald? Get yeah, your erudite sure. self.
0: <laughs> We're going to uh, let's go ahead and introduce that that segment. Let's introduce Mark. Um, you did a great job. the The conversation I think was really interesting. And I really hope we have more conversations like it because I feel like it was the first really authentic Connecticut (laughs) conversation we've had on the show. I think I think maybe our show will be better off with more conversations like this because you and I have a very unique experience, which I think he points out. I think he points out um, and we can talk about it after the segment. But is there anything you want our listeners to listen for specifically
1: going into this? Um, I just really listening to the history, I think, even just Mark's background is interesting of you know where he where he's from, but also the take of where his life took him and what he discovered while he was on his travels or, you know, as he got older. Especially in the especially in the context of being somewhere else and discovering, you know, as he said the, as, he it, you, well, as he will say. As he will say. Um th- discovering um that, you know, things are as as people say, things aren't what they seem. And it might not be it might not be better. This side of the grass might not be as might not be as green as I thought it was. So I think really pick up on that. I think very erudite young young person. Well he's older than me but still very erudite young person. And has a lot to say and just brought about another a lot of facts that, again, we wouldn't know from the context of being here. Even even for the years we've been here, and bringing it even to now with some of the current events and things going on, and tie it into just things that happen, um, you know, Supreme Court cases that are happening right now, that you know tie into just our our fabric. We talk about this. I Me, mean, you say this every now and then, but just. The fabric of being us in the US and just how we, you know, just how we how do we navigate that. So I think it does a good job of talking about that.
0: Yeah. Um I have some thoughts afterwards, but let's go ahead and lead in with the interview. This is uh, Mark McDonald
1: and My Man. Yeah. But Mark, do you want to tell us about yourself and tell the Connecticut show and our four listeners about yourself for a second?
3: yeah I guess I uh, so I I born and raised in Connecticut I bounced around a little bit I'm back here thought I was coming back here for three years right around uh, 2000 that was the goal and uh, I met a beautiful girl and uh, now I have a mortgage and three babies and <laughs> well not babies the oldest ones. Fourteen. Wow. And Thank two you. dogs, one of whom just threw up on my couch. So, uh, yeah, working at UConn. Didn't think that would last, but they haven't been able to fire me yet. So um, they've tried a couple times.
1: We both held on, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah.
3: that's, you know, I love Connecticut. I really do. I hope it's kind of in a, a low spot in terms of the way it's, it's dealing with finances and you know I I hope that we can pull out of that. But uh so Yeah. I'm happy here. So That's many good. questions.
0: So many questions. But um uh, so is Connecticut has Connecticut always been home for you?
3: You know, uh I grew up listening to punk rock and uh, when I first started thinking about where what I wanted to do and and where I wanted to do it I was kind of an anglophile I was thinking everything's cooler in London and uh, London's pretty cool I'm not I'm not trying to throw any shade at London but I would find myself missing the states and uh, you know, even traveling, it it wasn't like I ever felt settled and was like, "All right, this is this is where I belong." It was everything was kind of a, a little bit off, you know, and and I didn't realize that I was proud of the United States, not of the government, and not of some of the things that other people are proud of the United States for, but, uh, being abroad made me, you know, it's, it's, uh, don't see water. Cause they're in it. And white people don't see race cause they're white. And I think when you, you take away common denominators, then you suddenly you realize, huh, there's something there. And so, uh, you know i I came back, and uh when I went to grad school, I did grad school out in Arizona, and i would uh, I was lifelong Red sox fan. we were my um I'm the youngest of seven people, seven kids. We were raised Irish Catholic Navy um, and uh, I firmly believe we went to church to have a medium to pray for the red Sox, (laughs) but i would you know when i was when i was out in arizona and uh the games would be in fenway when arizona would play fenway and you know and and i would just get like super nostalgic i never thought i was like anyone with emotions or anything, but I'd get like super nostalgic for Fenway and, and, uh, and new England itself. And, and, uh, I was in the good part of Arizona. I was up in the mountains. So we actually had seasons. It wasn't 350 days of gorgeous weather a year. It was, we got rain and snow and, and like that. So, but, uh, but yeah, I, you know, I, I love Connecticut. I, I don't know that I'll be here forever, but, uh, place to raise my kids, and I'm
0: happy. You, I'm, sorry, I'm happy
3: with a lot of things about UConn. <laughs> I
0: imagine that was a little bit loaded, but you said <laughs> you said at the beginning that Connecticut itself is on has landed on some hard times, and and I think that's mostly from my perspective what I've seen. Like that, that's when I came to <laughs> Connecticut. So help me understand. Like in contrast, what is Connecticut like in its in its grander days when it's got something to share and it has a lot to brag about? What is what does Connecticut look like at its best?
3: Um.
1: Ooh, listen to that question.
3: Uh, that's a great question. So I don't know how politically aware I was
1: as a as a younger
3: individual. I don't. I don't really know that I was quite as prescient as I as I thought I was at the time. I think the more I learn, the more I realize that I, I don't know much. But you know, I, I feel like we've based our our economy on defense contracting down in in the Groton area and insurance in Hartford. And I feel like insurance is a shell game at best and uh we went through a period to my understanding about 30 years ago started about 30 years ago one of the dogs wants to go out sorry <laughs> uh
1: gotta take care of the dog man
3: and so you started getting companies that are you know their ceo is making 50 million dollars in 1995 He's making 50 million a year in compensation And he's holding Connecticut over a barrel and saying, we're going to, we're going to take 400, uh, 4,000 jobs out of the state unless you give us tax breaks. And Connecticut fell for that. And we've, you know, we've got a lot of, a lot of industry that isn't viable industry in my opinion. So, and I could be very wrong about that. That's, it's just my, my surface impression. You
1: know, Mark, you never but, uh, never it,
3: known you to be wrong in my it life. It seems like when I was in undergraduate school, we had a viable economy. We were not as impacted by inflation. We were not, uh, and you know, obviously the whole country is impacted by inflation now. But it used to be more stable. And I think we're on a decline. I think the last, I don't know, probably 20 years you've seen, in my opinion, you've seen, you know, the middle class get stretched out. Mm -hmm. When I was a kid, the the idea of an American dream, if you had an American dream, the stereotype was really like, you know, I'm going to. I'm going to have a house with a white picket fence and raise 2.3 kids and and that kind of thing. And then all of a sudden it's, I'm going to retire at 40. And the the concept of millionaires being achievable, but not necessarily ethically achievable, but achievable nonetheless uh impacts the middle class and i feel like we're it's a dying breed the middle class
0: you think so, connecticut is feeling that in in a in a unique way
3: yeah i, I really do you, you know you have these and and i think there's the microcosm of that at UConn specifically and that when i started here uh and this is anecdotal i don't have any evidence on it but when i started here you know Uh, just so you know our
0: whole show is anecdotal i don't think we've had evidence for anything we've said so just yeah lean into that
3: you didn't see Bentleys, and you didn't see maserati and you didn't see teslas that are wrapped in pink chrome and you didn't see you know like like the the disparity between really wealthy and and not wealthy students has really stretched out mm-hmm. you know you're you're looking at uh an enormous shift and for me growing up middle class first generation college student went to college on a scholarship actually went to uconn that's a terrible story i was asked to leave <laughs> um but uh you know, I, I look at it when when we interview people, we say, oh, we're the state's flagship institution. Um, I don't know that we represent the state the way that we think we represent the state. I don't know. There might be some window dressing, in my opinion. But we, but you all are the first people that have asked for my opinion in a long time. So.
1: <laughs> and that's why we're here, dude, <laughs> to bring these issues to light. We— uh, now, I agree. I, I think it's a conversation that Mark and I sometimes have of this this school and the state and how we really serve the constituents here, um, but especially the students. And sometimes it does seem like we're stretching, and Mark, correct me if I'm wrong, it seems like we're stretching further and further away from our our customers in this case. And sometimes it feels like you know, we go through this, and we got we're gonna hit this part. We're gonna hit this part, and then it's, at some point, it comes back, and it's like, ooh, you know, all these things we did really affected the students. And then it's like, in to your point, Mark, it, it really affected a lot of our first generation students and students who are on, mm-hmm. on these fringes anyway. And we we're having a tough time going back and correcting those things. Sometimes I would say,
3: but I I do think we are we're taking corrective measures. You know, I, I, uh, I really appreciate the, the advent of, of bringing Dr. Tuitt to, to, to the institution and, and some of the changes that are made that are really trying to look at the way. I mean, just even revisiting policies to see, like, is, is this a policy that takes care of everyone? We recently did that in, in my job. So I've been at UConn since
1: 2000. That's
3: 23 very odd years. Um,
1: Some of y'all didn't know UConn existed back in but, 2000, but it did. But had... to my understanding, we didn't, we,
3: you know, in my role, I never reviewed a policy until about six years ago to say, is this discriminatory, is this, you know, we're not, we weren't scrutinizing things, at least at the level that I was at. Could have been happening. And I was ignorant of it. I'm ignorant of a lot of things. But uh you know, there's there's miles for us to go. But glacial progress is still progress. So
1: And for those who don't know, Dr. Tuett is the chief diversity Office officer here at UConn.
3: Oh yeah, I should probably yeah.
1: No, that's a it's a great line that I just,
3: I just assume that everybody who listens to this is at Yukon, so I, that was no. a false assumption on my
0: point.
1: We are worldwide. so maybe half of our listeners are from Yukon, and we've got to okay. get one more Yukon person to start listening to it. I think that person's name is Mark Madonna.
0: so i love the line graceful progress is progress i've never actually heard that before and you would apply that to yukon which i think is optimistic would you also apply that to the state of connecticut and then we have kept you like you you've asked to to be released from this obligation at a specific time where we're trying Uh, to be respectful of that but
3: we got we got another five minutes
0: okay I, I would Another love to question. to hear your take. Is Connecticut making graceful progress? And then New England as a whole. Uh, you talked about your love of Boston and the Red Sox. Um, hmm. Do you feel like New England... Is, is Connecticut representative of all of New England or is it its own specific thing?
3: That's a great question. I've, I mean, I've, I've, uh, I've owned a house here for... I've owned a mortgage here. It's a difference. <laughs> uh, I've owned a mortgage yeah. here for, for 15 years. So I, I don't... My roots are deep right now in Connecticut. I haven't bounced around at all. And uh, I don't know that I am a good barometer for other areas. But I I feel like, as a nation, we're still reeling from nonsense that happened for over the last six years we're still trying to recover you know i um uh brianna taylor decision just came out today which was a favorable one uh that's glacial progress right um you know what i'm talking about
1: yes yeah, well.
3: okay
0: <laughs> do, do our yeah. listeners know what you're talking about i think is a better question yeah. yeah and and i can't speak for them but if there's a one minute summary go ahead so uh,
3: Brianna Taylor, uh, Louisville, uh, they had a no-knock warrant, allegedly. Uh, I might have facts wrong, and, and I hope you know you all don't bear the heat of it if I get my facts wrong. No-knock warrant looking for a guy who they had uh, miscommunication because they knew that he wasn't at this house, uh, so they kick in the door, and uh, Brianna Taylor's partner, uh, opens fire because he assumes that people who kick in your door are up to no good. Right. Uh, and with a no knock warrant, you don't have to announce yourself. So he fires, they fire back and uh, she gets killed. He gets arrested for firing at police officers and then is later released. Um, so the decision was that I went to the Supreme court and uh decision was that it was wrong. And so now we're talking about how long it was and, and harmful policing policies in Louisville. And, you know, for me, that's glacial progress. You know, I, I know people, I knew people who felt like that was, a, you know, I, I, more than one person said, no, that was righteous. The way that they did that they were within their, the police were within their rights to do what they did. And I was like, you know, when people who haven't committed crimes are killed, it's the opposite of righteous.
1: Well, and that's, so, that's part of the problem because the police were within that right, within their rights, within police rights, and that's been part of the problem. Like you're saying, like that's been well, accepted for so long that people, there's
3: also disparity. They didn't have body cams on; it, it wasn't working. There was uh, conflicting reports. They some people said they announced themselves; other people said that they didn't. Um, it's, you know, it's, it would be nice to be able to trust. I think trust in 2023 is one of the most valuable commodities that you can come by. Uh, and, and so, you know, as a nation, um, we, we were dealing with, a government that had made decisions that corporations were more important than individuals, and you had, you know, this this financial elite that really benefited from that, and then you get a rollback, but then the financial elite is like, We gotta keep things in the black. And so that's where you get inflation. People want to blame gas on Biden, which is colossally short sighted. Uh, I, I don't know. In my opinion, again, I, I don't know that the the understanding of economics for the average person, and I and I'm not an economist by any means, um, it is viable. Fundamentally, I think you know our, our governmental parties are broken. I think when you you look at the Democratic Party, there's significant flaws. And then you look at the Republican Party, and there's significant flaws. And if you're a Democrat, you tend to ignore the flaws of of that party and point only at the Republicans. If you're a Republican, you tend to point only at uh, at the Democrats. And meanwhile, you have people who are not qualified to be public servants— who take advantage of the nation and and are not honest amen which is kind of sad and horrifying
0: To bring, especially this, if you have kids to bring this back to to new england uh connecticut is, england, yeah yeah connecticut, connecticut is is specifically or has largely been democratic do you see that those issues um
3: yeah yeah we're we're a blue state overall um
0: the um the political party system here, do you see it play in the same way? Is there still that same kind of both have issues and because of that, Connecticut's feeling the same kind of weight as the rest I of the do. country?
3: I do. I am yeah you know, I'm a lifelong independent. I I voted Green Party for the most of my life. Um I feel like the way that you get access to to federal funding for campaigns is slanted to keep these two parties insist in, in power. Uh, meanwhile, you have multinational corporations who write checks to both parties because they want status quo. You know, it's, it's – uh, I mean, you look at Flint, Michigan, right? Michigan mm-hmm. has had a Democratic governor, but Flint, Michigan didn't get fixed. So if one party works, why isn't that fixed? Right. You know, it, it just—I
1: don't know. Yeah, consistent problems throughout, regardless.
3: Yeah, and I think it's for me. I I believe that it's because people don't want to dig; they want things in a soundbite, and it's easy. I mean, Trump is a horrible per—is a horrible person. So it's easy to put devil horns on him and blame everything on him um it it the there's nuance there and to decipher that nuance it takes work and it takes commitment to action and uh you know a lot of people just want to raise babies and walk dogs and i don't know watch watch shit on youtube watch stuff on youtube so or whatever, I don't know,
1: whatever they're doing to get through the day. All right. Uh, Mark, we have gotten you two minutes over where you said you okay. be Okay. Um, That's cool. I can, uh, can we, like sign off. Can we ask
0: you one last semi-serious question before you go? What do you think of the big E? Oh.
3: <laughs> what do I think of what? The,
0: the big E. That's it. A... <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: I haven't been to the Big East since I was uh, a kid.
1: It was great so, then, wasn't it?
3: It was, I mean, it was a fair. I don't, I'm not a big crowd <laughs> person anywhere, anymore. Yeah. And so I can't imagine what it's like right now. You know, I, I, I don't, uh, I feel like, you know, you go to festivals. I mean, I think the last big, big concert i went to was farm made a couple of years ago i think that was before the the pandemic and like you know you're paying twelve dollars for a beer and <laughs> and it's not even a good beer right and yeah i'm not i'm not a big fan of crowds even before the pandemic even before like the the uh the bombing i go to patriots day every year and even before the bombing had uh at the finish line of the marathon, like I it was, have never been comfortable walking down right. uh, through the the cut under Lansdowne, and and um, yeah, it's, I'm not a crowd person. So no, I'm, I'm not a fan of the Big E. I guess there's a long, battered <laughs> answer. Like if if it was something that I was into, I, I'm sure I would have been there in the last thirty years.
1: I don't think and you're I missing much. I don't think you're missing <laughs> much. Hey,
3: what are what are your thoughts, Trent?
0: Oh no no no! This uh, this is a long running theme on the show. We've had um, Terrence and I went. We visited, and it was uh, it was a little lackluster, and we were okay. honest. We were honest about that, and we we've received some guff uh, from yeah. some listeners. So some people did not appreciate uh, it. Yeah, <laughs> that we did
3: not. Well, that, I you know I'm not. I don't have popular opinions.
0: Yeah, no, that's perfect. And perfect so I, for the show.
3: I, uh, I understand that, but again, my opinions are entirely unfounded because I haven't been there in ages. And I think to to play devil's advocate, how long have you been in the state?
0: So I've been here five years.
3: So right around the pandemic.
0: R- yeah, we yeah we were coming in with the we may have brought it. I don't know. We can't we can't prove so, we didn't yeah.
3: So I don't I don't know that that's a fair judgment of the Big E and its glory.
0: That that is a fair statement. I I feel that way about the whole state, which is why I asked you originally, like, yeah. give us give us a, a look at the state before the pandemic to help really us understand. interesting
3: yeah. thing, and the whole the whole concept of of uh, of diseases. I'm in the middle of a book. I'm doing a book right now. Um, Annie Jacobson wrote The Pentagon's Brain. I'm listening to it on audiobook, so I can't say that I'm reading it, but I, I just got to a point where under the older Bush's regime, we found out that the Soviets and then the Russians, but while it was still the United uh, what is it, the USSR. USSO, I can't remember yeah. what that was for, what that called. The United Soviet States, Russia, something, I don't know, Republic. My friends are going to totally rip on me if they ever hear this. (laughs) But um, they had, like, really, really dialed in germ warfare. And so, like, they had made bubonic plague into a super plague, and they had the most virulent, uh, strain of anthrax that has, the planet has ever seen and all this and all that. And uh, and we found out about it as a, as a government and didn't tell the people. And we were lucky enough that two of their really high-ranking scientists defected. One defected to England and then uh, another defected to the U.S. And the concept of plagues and how quickly the coronavirus really just dismantled the planet and whether there's more out there, whether they're man-made lab made, whether they came from bats, whether, you know, whatever happened, that's, that's a hard thing to look at. So I don't know. Cross your fingers. Yeah. Say your prayers at night.
1: We'll do. do like
3: that. Yeah. Anyway, thank you for your time
1: thank you my uh, friend we really appreciate
2: it
3: i'm amazed that anybody's interested in my opinion
0: <laughs> no i want you back we we need to get you back on the show
3: oh yeah i'll come i'll I'll try to get over there wednesday nights are, are rough for the next month uh my wife is defending her dissertation so she's polishing, polishing Congratulations. All the edges off for for a little bit and uh but sometime over the summer i'll be able to head up that way and uh
1: and we'll do we'll do any all. night for you, Mark. Any night for you. Oh, except Tuesday. That's adorable. Except Tuesday. <laughs> except Tuesday. Somebody it's adorable. Else
3: is polishing up some stuff for a dissertation. So, <laughs> all right, you all be safe. Hey, God
1: take care. Best to the family. Hug the hug the help the hug the hugs wife and kids for me.
3: Hugs and kisses.
1: You be safe. Yeah, yes, bye now. All right, thanks. Oh, I did not mean for you to go deaf just then. My bad, Travis. <laughs>
0: so in the in the interim while you were listening to the interview, uh there were some technical difficulties. Uh one of us was the was the recipient of said technical difficulties. The other one came out just fine.
1: Oh yeah. He's grinning, he's grinning and cheesing now. <laughs>
0: All right. Uh so that was Mark. And so here here's what I liked about this conversation. Um Mark Mark is someone who So he left the US, he left Connecticut, he goes to to Britain and, and finds a fondness for New England. And then he goes to Arizona and he has this fondness for Fenway, right? Like, I love the way that he looks back and he appreciates things. And there's, there's kind of this hindsight to it that I think really sells the idea that maybe you and I are taking some things for granted from time to time. And that if we left, we would see some of the more. Um, beautiful aspects of it. And I think he really paints that well. So first of all, thank you, Mark. So so kind for you to come on. We definitely want you back on the show. Um but a really insightful take on
1: someone who calls this home. Right. No, I agree. I agree. And I I think about that myself. I think it isn't that what it takes sometimes to realize what you know what what beauty you've left behind. Is, is you got to
0: leave it. Yeah, like you said, uh, you don't know you're in the water, right? Right. Um. And so it's interesting because I, I feel this way when I fly back to California. As soon as I step off the airplane, I'm like, oh, it feels like home.
1: You've been to California since you've been here? You haven't told me that. Really?
2: No.
0: Uh. Yeah, yeah no, several
1: times. We're not the closest friends, as I thought.
0: You, you know I'm going to actually turn that up on you because I tell you I'm going to San Francisco all the time. They're... Times different, on the show. There different. are times on the show where you have given me grief about going to San Francisco. San Francisco is not home. San Francisco is California. San
2: Francisco,
1: the Bay, is like six
2: hours from South LA. Um, Southern,
0: so excuse me, Southern California. Excuse me. The weather's still lovely. The infrastructure is the same. Like it feels the same. You still have your your palm trees. You still have the same infrastructure, the same type of highways. The plates on all the cars say California. All of the all of the dings, they make me feel like I'm home. But at the same time, no, I actually have actually gone back to LA as well. So, I was calling the technicality where you're like, I didn't even know you went to California. You knew, you knew a couple times I've been there. Yes. Um. Okay. Yes.
2: When I go back, and I felt, I'm just your Connecticut friend, right? (laughs) I felt very hurt. But go ahead. You felt like what?
0: I felt him saying the same thing, like if if he left, and he said he might. Um, and he said right. that Connecticut's kind of on its heels right now, and there might be some reason for him to leave someday. But I think it sounded very much like
1: New England will always be home. Right. And it, uh, you pick up on the fact of you know, and a lot of people feel this way. It's been a great place for him to have his family, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree with that. Um, for myself, there, there's definitely the challenges. Um, there's definitely a challenge sometimes of of the loneliness from. Being here in stores, yeah, um, and I think, and I, I'm speaking from my from my standpoint of, and I have, and I do have some great friends. Mark being one, you being one, even though I'm just your Connecticut friend, just just here in Connecticut. Yeah. But um, <laughs> you know, there is that sense of sometimes, again, raising kids, and you know, the worry of, you know, I'm I'm raising my kids around a bunch of people that don't look like them and don't identify with them sometimes, and my kids have actually felt and heard those things without asking felt and heard those things from their peers at times so that part is difficult but I don't know if I want them to learn that anywhere else you know because they are going to learn those lessons regardless so I think that's this has been a pretty good place for the for the families and again I don't know what it'd be like if I went somewhere else now so it's again it's hard to you know the water is wet everywhere right
0: we, um, we had him on a time limit. I had
1: so many follow-up questions for him, so many questions. I could tell, I could, you could see Travis's eyes lighten up. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I knew, it, and this is why I wanted to have Mark on, because my conversations with Mark are always great. And again, he's been a really good friend to me when I've been here. Um, When when, when my babies died, Mark is the person who found me and brought me loaves of bread and food and just told me, yeah, hey, I know you. Don't, you don't need to be working or coming out the house. Just go, go chill out. So I mean, just that type of brother to you. So um, really appreciated him. But then just get, just knowing that he has all this experience. Just again, being in England, coming to Yukon, um, is I love what he says. Yukon asking him politely to leave. He doesn't say politely, but Yukon <laughs> asking him to leave. Yeah. But it's a, um, I mean, but it's a good story. I mean, I think anybody could learn from it, regardless. Of, regardless of how you identify, because first generation student um, that could have easily done something else, um, that was again punk rock, still somewhat punk rock. Um, we'll get into we'll get into that one day. But um, could have decided to start a band and leave and never come back. But went back to school, English degree, got his master's counseling background. You know, didn't let the one mishap of being asked to leave one school stop her from going back. So even even those lessons and that of like some of the perseverance and you know as some people call it grit nowadays, and to where he is now, I think again it's a good testament, and I think um, and it's all thank to you, thanks to you, New England, you all made this happen for him. Yeah, shout out to New England. I always have to give y'all a shout out because I feel like I've been kind of hard on y'all lately
0: so we are um we're coming up on the hour we had a we are good conversation with um mark i'm i'm toggling this thing on the mixer i don't know why it's why it's up i think we're okay um had a great conversation mark i i appreciate that he when you were describing who he was to you he just seemed like that kind of guy right right the interview felt like that he felt like just a really genuine authentic person if we have and I'm gonna. I gave that space in case I need to edit that out. Is there any way we can get one of his tracks? Can we close with one of his pieces from his band?
1: I would have to ask that because I think they do mostly cover songs. But do they have anything original? I would have they, to. They, ask they don't and even see. need. Yeah, ask him. Yeah, that would be that would be awesome.
0: Okay, so I'm gonna do this one thing in case we do it. Um, so if um, yeah, so if he could send uh, one of his songs from his band, let's go ahead and let's go ahead and lead out with that.
1: Let's do it one day. And one of the most important things before we leave that Mark said, listen, listen to, listen, I hope y'all are listening and rewind this. And if you're listening on the radio, go to the website or go to your choice of streaming and find us on Connecticut Show. It's the colorful leaf with the microphone inside of it. But, important thing, Megan, I hope you are listening. The Big E is just a fair. <laughs> Very that was the most important piece. thing. Very yes. important piece. We talked about Breonna Taylor and the and the progress and the court saying that wasn't fair. We talked about, you know, middle class shrinking and what that's doing to us and how it's horrible. And we talked that he spoke about a book he listening to, talking about diseases and some of those things. Most important thing was he agreed on the Big E. He, he doubled back a little bit, he came, but I think he really meant what he said first, because what's on your mind at first is what yeah. you usually mean, people.
0: We, we did hit him by surprise. He had no idea why we were asking that question, which shows maybe maybe we should send him a few episodes of the show uh, before, we, before we get him back on. He was not prepared for the Big E question.
1: I think Mark should listen to the show, Mark. Yeah. When we send this to you, Mark, uh, listen to a couple <laughs> other episodes.
0: <laughs> Uh, no, it was so good to have them. Uh, you are right. The biggie is just a fair. And if you disagree, you could be our next guest on the show. Come come, tell us why we're wrong. So um, with that, Terrence, anything anything to lead us out besides, let me say one thing. Um, there was a small technicality with the last show playing. So if you're listening to this on the radio now, not the podcast, the radio, you did not hear how you could win those four free tickets to um, the Boston Museum of Science.
1: You're still in my thunder.
0: Yeah. Uh, sorry about that. Do, do you want to finish this? No, just go ahead. All right. I'm only a Connecticut friend, just so it a, don't matter. Just a Connecticut friend. Um, info at Connecticut show. That is Connecticut spelled out dot S-H-O-W. If you, Terrence is crying off in the corner. If you email us um, in your, I was going to say the first, but I feel it's very unfair. So I think we're just going to do like a, a raffle. So. Everyone that emails us by, let's say, Saturday of next week we um, will put you into a drawing, and the winner will get the four tickets to the museum, and we'll announce it on next week's show. So I do apologize uh, to the first person, and uh, and maybe we'll actually give you some sort of consolation prize, but there was a mix-up, and to be fair to every, to all the listeners, we're going to go ahead and also do a drawing as well. So we'll mm-hmm. announce that next time. Also, hit us up at info at connecticut.show. Even if you don't want tickets to the museum, just ask us. Anything you want to know, or uh, or tell us where we're wrong, or suggest a guest, we'd we'd love to hear what you're thinking, and then also Bon Bon Vavant, uh, they have a new album. We cannot tell you to go get it because we're not allowed to, but um, there is new music out there. If you are listening to the intro and the outro music and you think, oh, I like them, just a, just an FYI,
1: there's a new album out there that uh, that exists. Indeed, Bon Bon Vavant, I always love it, and people do tell me they love the beat coming in. So
0: we appreciate you. Good, Seth. I'll also be at the Jazz Fest if you're in NOLA uh, in April, which is just a total random fact. Not telling you to go because we're not allowed to. Happens to be in April. Just happens to be in April. So, all right, Terrence, lead us out. What's, what's, uh, how do we, how do we finish this show? How do we wrap it up? Hey, two
2: powerful emotions, fear and love. Try to put love
0: first. Put love first, everybody. That's um, from Terrence and a dang good advice. Uh, For Travis Poppleton. And Terrence B. Abney. This
2: is That Connecticut Show. Peace. Love y'all.